them do one move at a time. The U.S. Chess Podcast that explores people and organizations who are advancing our educational mission to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess. Our goal is to give you ideas and methods you can use in your own community to help you build chess in your area one move at a time. Make sure to listen to our family of U.S. Chess Podcasts, which include cover stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month, in which Chess Life editor John Hartman goes more in-depth with each month's cover story, Ladies' Night, which drops on the third Tuesday of each month, and that is hosted by our Women's Program Director, Jennifer Shahadi, and on the fourth Tuesday of each month, Chess Underground, hosted by our Assistant Director of National Events, Pete Karyanis, in which he examines the game's eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. All can be found at the podcast link on Chess Life Online at uschess.org, or by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Now, let's welcome our guest to this month's podcast. Welcome to the July edition of One Move at a Time. Our guest today is Grandmaster Alex Onishuk, who is the head coach and program director of the Texas Tech University chess team, the 2006 U.S. champion, and a member of the U.S. Chess Hall of Fame. Alex became a Grandmaster in 1994 at the age of 18. He also became champion of Ukraine in 2000 and was once a second to Anatoly Karpov. He moved to the U.S. in 2001. Since his arrival at Texas Tech University in the late fall of 2012, he's coached the team to a 2015 and 2019 Pan American Chess Championship win and led them to the Final Four for five consecutive years. In 2014, Tech made history by receiving a double honor from U.S. Chess. TTU was named Chess College of the Year, while Alex was recognized as Grandmaster of the Year. They repeat this year as Chess College of the Year, being recognized by the U.S. Chess Awards Committee for, quote, in addition to their historic 6-0 score at the Pan Ams, they have made community outreach a top priority. They have helped to create many after-school chess programs. They organized six scholastic tournaments with 120 to 150 entrants in each and two chess camps annually. They coordinated with a museum in producing an exhibit featuring the benefits of chess, end quote. Welcome to the July edition of One Move at a Time, Grandmaster Alex Onishuk. Thank you, Dan. It's uh, nice to be with you. So give us an overview of the Texas Tech University chess program. Uh, your, just as anything you want to share with our listeners about the program. Yes. Uh, so it was a great honor to receive this award. And uh, uh, just as you mentioned, uh, our uh, uh, program is not only about uh, competition. Um, we have... Uh, um, Roughly 20 students uh, in our program, and uh, you know, uh, approximately five, six uh, are top players, uh, GM and IM level, and uh, we also have women's team. Um, I would say since 2015, uh, we've had a woman team in uh, almost every Pan American Championship, and we have our women's team has won. Uh, the best uh, women's team uh, award at the, at the Pan American several times. Uh, we also have uh, you know, players like 1500s and uh, from, I would say, 1500 to a Grandmasters. So all these uh, uh, players that we have on the program, they help us with the outreach programs that we have, um, that we do in the community. 
So we organize scholastic chess tournaments. Uh, I would say we organize at least six six such tournaments a, a year uh, with the average uh, attendance of 150 kids at each tournament. For for Labak, it's uh, it's a pretty good uh, you know uh, size of a tournament. Uh, we also, as you mentioned, uh, organize uh, camps. And uh, for an example, right now we are running several online camps. Um, so we uh, write test, chess test for the state of Texas. So last year, about 40,000 uh, elementary and middle uh, school kids took the test that the Texas Tech writes. And uh, this is like a, a part of uh, a STEM competition um, uh, in, in, in Texas. So, so we do uh, different things, and uh, uh, yeah, again, that was great to receive this award, and I think it was well-deserved, and uh, everyone in our program has contributed, our students, staff. So your own time as a college student was at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Uh, what, what year did you graduate from there? Uh, I have graduated in 2006. Okay, and they were a... Uh, chess powerhouse at, at one time in the college chess world. Uh, talk a, a bit, because college chess has really just grown by leaps and bounds uh, in the last decade. Talk a bit, compare and contrast your time as a college chess player with what college chess players expect now. Sure. Um, yeah, I've played for the uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, uh, roughly between 2003 and 2006. And uh, uh, back then, only two uh, there were only two scholarship programs in in uh, in collegiate chess. It was uh, UMBC and UT Dallas. So pretty much, you know, these two uh, colleges were competing against each other for the title. Although there were some some other uh, pretty strong teams too. But uh, you know, these 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 two programs were uh, uh, I would say stronger than everybody else. So, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, since then, I mean, of course, it has uh, uh, gotten much stronger. Now we have uh, at least six colleges that have uh, extremely strong programs and uh, uh, very strong teams. Some of them have two and even more teams uh, playing in the Pan American Championship, for example. So since then, yes, they... Uh, College chess has uh, has gotten stronger and has grown uh, quite a bit. I remember, you know, in my time we had uh, roughly forty teams at the Pan American. Now it's uh, sixty and even more. Describe for our listeners what it's like now to be on the TTU chess team or in the TTU chess program. What what's involved in terms of training sessions, preparing for. Uh, specific matches. How many hours a week are they expected to, to devote to chess compared to their their student activities? Um, this is all of interest. Yes. Uh, so so again, uh, we have uh, we have we have the A team, we have a women's team, we have a, a B team. So and uh, I try to uh, try to uh, train with everybody, and we have group uh, trainings. We have trainings one on one. Uh, with the A team, I uh, train uh, mostly one on one, but we also meet uh, together. Uh, so, uh, 
let's say last year I had about five players on the A team. So I would meet with everyone for three hours every week. So uh, as I, I'm telling them, just uh, uh, consider chess as an, another class at Texas Tech. So uh, three hours, it's uh, a week. Uh, we pretty much, we just, you know, work one-on-one. Uh, look at, I mean, look at chess. Look at uh, openings, uh, go over their games, uh, follow tournaments. Um, so I give them some homework. And I know that uh, pretty much everyone on the A-team, they, they, uh, they also study chess at home. They play in. The, you know, they play online. They 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 they, they follow um, all big tournaments, and uh, uh, they also uh, train a lot at home. So um, yeah, my role is uh, basically kind of to maintain the level, to help them a little bit. But uh, uh, you know, they all understand that to become better, they need to uh, work a lot uh, alone. Uh, yeah, with the B team, uh, we, we also have uh, weekly meetings. We have a couple of group meetings. Uh, also, what I'm trying to do, one of our players from the A team would help me, you know, to train everybody else. So, so you know, we have a great uh, chess environment at Texas Tech. Uh, so uh, everyone has a chance to improve his, his or her chess. One thing I'm curious about, too, is because you're well-known in the chess world for your fitness level. Uh, you, you run marathons and triathlons. Uh, do you require any kind of fitness training for your chess team? No, I don't require that. But, uh, of course, I encourage them to stay active and uh, you know, to stay physically fit because I, I think it's very important for chess. And this is something that uh, has been helping me you know, in my chess career. And uh, I think... Uh, um, Considering that the chess tournaments, uh, collegiate chess tournaments, are very tough. You know, you have to play sometimes eight hours a, a day of chess and on a very, very high level. And, of course, uh, you know, being physically fit is uh, can only help you. And, yes, I mean, we try to uh, train with our uh, students uh, almost every week. Uh, we go, uh, you know, for, for a run and... Uh, these days we we, we we bike a lot, so kind of keep social distancing. Uh, but yeah, I mean my students run marathons with me and, and half marathons, uh, and uh, many of them are much better than me. You know, <laughs> physically better because I travel more, and uh, of course it's it's harder to stay kind of to stay in shape. Well, while it's been six years since I've run my last marathon, but as, as someone who has run a few marathons, I, I have to ask you, what, what's your best time? Oh, no, you know, my time is like really bad. I mean, like, best time was like 440, yeah. And I only ran like a couple of marathons. I, I was more into uh, triathlons, but um, <laughs> yeah, so so I'm not, 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 not as good. Uh, but yeah, I, I improved my time, I mean, obviously, and uh, one day I want to run. Um, you yeah, know, three, three fifty or something like this. Yeah, dope. That's uh, you're starting to approach Boston qualifying uh, times. Yeah. What was your best time? Uh, my best time was five and a half hours. So when you say your four and forty five wasn't so good, that makes me feel really, really low. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
And uh, in fact, I'm with you said five and a half because last time, you know, I, I had to walk a lot. And uh, in fact, my time was five and a half as well. Uh, but I only ran because, uh, you know, I couldn't drop out last minute. Uh, I, I knew my students are running, so I kind of um, signed up with them. And yeah, uh, last year, that was my time as well, five and a half hours. Okay. So since we are talking about you, and, and I do want to talk a lot more about Texas Tech University and the and the chess program, but let's talk a little bit about your own chess history right now. Um, you've done some things that any American chess player uh, can only dream about. Uh, you, you were the 2006 U.S. champion. You are in the U.S. Chess Hall of Fame. You've been on Olympiad teams. Um, let, let's talk about the U.S. championship win back in 2006, you had, you described it then as uh, the, the happiest moment of your life. Hmm. Would, would you, with now 14 years since then, would you still call it that? Uh, yeah, I think it's very close, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had a few happy moments since then, but, uh, you know, this this was very big and, uh, no, definitely, yeah, yeah. And in order to... to, to Earned the title, you had to win a playoff against uh, Yuri Shulman. Um, you, you actually, in my research, I found that you played in Soviet Junior Championships with with Yuri. Talk, talk a bit about your relationship with him and uh, what what Yuri, if, if you know what Yuri is up to these days. Uh, yeah, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, he's training. He's uh, you know he has an excellent chess uh, school in uh, in Chicago or the suburb of Chicago and. Uh, well, you know, nowadays he's teaching online, I think, mostly. But uh, I think things are good for him. Unfortunately, he is not playing chess. Uh, I mean, almost no chess. I, I, I hope he will kind of uh, play a tournament uh, uh, soon. But, uh, you know, now for two, three years, he's, he's pretty much retired. Yeah, but he, he's, he's a great friend of mine, of course. And, uh, yeah, I know him since we were, like, 13 probably, uh, we played so many games, you know, back in the Soviet Union. Uh, in fact, there was one uh, very important game in uh, uh, the Soviet Union championship uh, that I played him. I won that game and then I won another five and I qualified for the, uh, uh, you know, to represent uh, the country in, uh, in the world championship. Uh, under 16. So, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a long history, of course, you know, with Yuri. It's a great guy. Now, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here with a trivia question. Your 2006 U.S. championship was linked uh, in a very specific way with the history of Chess Life magazine. Would, would you happen to know what was special about your appearance on the June 2006 cover as U.S. champion? I, I think it was a new format, right, for the, for the magazine. I, I should not have doubted your grandmaster memory. That's ex exactly right. We introduced a, a major redesign of, of the magazine in, in yeah. that issue. So, so, so good job. I'm going to have to dig harder if I want to stump you, I guess. Yeah. No, 2006, the uh, U.S. Championship was, of course, uh, very memorable for me. Um, I remember I played in the last round of the main tournament. I played the Hikaru. And uh, I was white, and we had a huge advantage. But you know, I just needed a draw, and psychologically, it was always kind of hard to uh, switch, you know, from you know playing for a draw or playing for a win, because I had a white and I had a better position. And it was a crazy game, and so uh, so we drew, and that's how I qualified. You know? To draw that game was 
was just as hard as to win uh, the final match, I think. So, I mean, the whole tournament was was very tough, but I, I played it pretty well. So, listeners, I will link to the June 2006 issue in the show notes on uh, uh, uschess.org. So, so take a look for that if you want to read up on the history and, and, and see that cover featuring Alex. Um, so, Alex, uh, you know, immigration is such a big topic in the U.S. these days. Uh, t- could you talk a bit about what were the reasons you wanted to come to the U.S.? And also, uh, you came to the U.S. on what's known as a diversity visa, and of, which required a very difficult uh, interview process. So if you could talk about all that, I'm sure our listeners will be interested in hearing the story. Yeah. Uh, why I uh, immigrated, I, I think I did it for my family. You know, um, as I said in some interview before, I, I had a quite comfortable life in Ukraine uh, at that time. But I, I felt like I will have more opportunities in the U.S. and my family will have more opportunities. And, and I, I think it's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, time has proved that I was right. Um, so the, the, the whole process was, yeah, it wasn't easy. But, you know, I mean, all immigrants have to go through it. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm the citizen for like, probably more than 10 years now. Uh, so yeah, my kids were born in the U.S. So it's uh, it's uh, it's like uh, uh, you know it's like a new chapter now, and uh, you know I feel myself an American uh, for many years. Um, and at the same time, look, uh, playing for Ukraine, you know, being born in, in the Soviet Union, of course, you know, it's also kind of a, a part of my life and a, a very important part of my life and uh, uh, it's always a great experience for me as well. How old are your kids now and are they chess players yet? Uh, so my older son is 16 and uh, we also have twins they are 8 years old uh, they, they play some chess, especially the twins they, uh, they started uh, uh, playing chess when they were 6 but uh, they kind of just played in, in the tournaments and uh, wouldn't really improve much and then uh, just recently, uh, you know, when uh, the uh, the COVID uh, started, uh, I asked my sisters who, who who also play chess to work with them online, you know, kind of give them online lessons, and uh, and their level has improved a lot since then. So I'm you know I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, you know they're getting much better at chess. So one one other personal question before we go back to the TTU story, um, I, I mentioned you were once a second to Karpov. I, I believe you've uh, helped train other world champions as well. You you must have some very special memories about working with world champions. Yes, I uh, I was Karpov second for quite uh, a long time. So I've been to many tournaments with him, and uh, to uh, you know we spend a lot of uh, time together at. Um, Different camps, you know, uh, training and preparing for uh, for different tournaments. So some of them were here in the U.S. Um, so Anatoly uh, opened uh, his uh, school in Kansas roughly in 2002 with Michael Korenman, who lives in Chicago now. Uh, and uh, yeah, we we had so many uh, so many camps in, in 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 Kansas, and it was uh, it was like the best place, you know, to to uh, spend some time and prepare for different tournaments. It was like quiet and, and nice nice food and uh, like really perfect place to have uh, a chess camp. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, uh, 
for me as a player uh, working with uh, uh, such a great world champion as Karpov uh, was 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 very important. It, uh, was very useful. Uh, so I, I think I improved my positional, you know, understanding and. Uh, um, so I just uh, grew up as a player. Well, you are a uh, a grandmaster who's reached the twenty seven hundred level. It's hard for us down here in the class level to really understand what the difference might be between a twenty seven hundred grandmaster and someone who can compete for the world championship. Is it a difference in chess knowledge, and if so, w- what is it, or is it a is it a sporting difference? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's very individual, but uh, um, yeah, definitely all those uh, players that uh, have become world champions, right? I mean, or, or compete for the world championship title, they, they, uh, we are talking about players that are close to 2,800, right? I mean, uh, using um, the modern kind of rating system. Um, so, so 100 points is, is, is quite a lot, obviously. So 2700 is a, is a very, very good level. But uh, if we are talking about uh, players like Parvana, uh, you know, or Ivanchuk before him, Anand, I mean, all these uh, this, uh, uh, World Championship contenders, they, are, they, they, they of course, they are much better than just 2700. They, uh, they, they, they know more, they... they, they uh, they work more on chess, uh, and, and probably they have a, a bigger talent too. Because I mean, t- talent is part of it, of course. And to reach that level, you you have to be very talented as well. Although, as as we know, of course, talent is not everything. Like, uh, in fact, I think uh, hard working is is uh, just as important. Okay. So let's go back to Texas Tech University. Uh, y- your job title is head coach and program director. Uh, to describe for people exactly what um, is involved with, with those, I think most people pretty much understand what a head coach does, but maybe program director, uh, focus a little bit more on that. So here's a little bit of history. Um, originally, I was hired as a uh, coach, the head coach, and uh, I worked with Al Lawrence, a very good friend of mine, uh, who pretty much hired me at Texas Tech. And, uh, and, and, and uh, um, so his, uh, his responsibilities as a director were uh, recruiting, uh, you know, funding, uh, scholarships, uh, kind of oversee all projects that uh, uh, the program uh, does and, and so on. And of course, as a, as a coach, I was pretty much focusing just on uh, on, 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 on the competition. Uh, when Al Lawrence uh, uh, retired, uh, then uh, there was a question like, uh, you know, uh, if we should uh, hire a new director or, you know, someone came with this idea that, okay, why don't we just kind of, you know, give you dual, a dual uh, 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 job, and so you will do like uh, both, uh, you know, directors' uh, uh, responsibilities and and, uh, and coaches, and so it kind of worked out, and uh, so I started doing both, and uh, and uh, uh, right now we have three people in the program. I also have um, uh, kind of program manager. The guy who is like overseeing all our um, outreach programs, and we also have an administrator who helps us to purchase things and, uh, and so on. I mean, it's actually it's it's it's, uh, 
just as I said in the beginning, our program does more than just just competing and traveling and training. Um, we, we also um, organize a lot of things, a lot of chess events in, in Lubbock and in, in Texas. One thing that was interesting to me is that the chess program is part of the Texas Tech Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Why is it there as opposed to, say, the athletic department? Yeah, it's an ex- excellent question. Um, yeah, one of the reasons it, it was uh, um, the, the division has changed, recently has changed name. So it's interesting to me that the TTU chess program is part of the division of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the school. So why is it there as opposed to, say, the athletic department? This is an excellent question, then. Um, in the past, uh, our division had a name, uh, Diversity and Community Engagement, and we just recently uh, changed the name. So, and uh, community engagement, this is exactly what we do. Outreach is a very important part of the program. And uh, uh, quite frankly, uh, community engagement is, uh, is one of the priorities of Texas Tech University. So uh, being part of this division is a pretty good fit for us. Uh, why we are not under athletics? Uh, well, it's... Um, it's, it's because, uh, uh, as you know, then uh, chess, uh, college chess is not under NCAA. So, so technically, we cannot be really part of the athletics. But I, I think what we do, uh, the way we kind of run our programs and, uh, you know, we compete, it's, yeah, it is very close to what the athletics department. And when you mentioned a little bit of the history just before I asked that previous question, and you mentioned Al Lawrence, um, who's currently managing director of the Chess Trust, frequent contributor to Chess Life, uh, taking the program even further back, it was founded by Hal Carlson, is, if my memory serves. Is that right? That's right. Hal Carson, who is a, a geoscience professor at Texas Tech, he is still here. He is very involved. He is a, a faculty advisor for the chess club uh, at Texas Tech. And, you know, I talk to him on, on the phone like almost every week. And, uh, he's, uh, he's very helpful. And, uh, he's a very important figure uh, for uh, Texas Tech chess. One other thing that I found very interesting on the school's website or the the chess team's website is the program goals. And I I find that they align very nicely with our U.S. chess goals. So let's go through these few items and let me read what the goal is. And why don't you tell us something specific that the the chess team is doing to promote these. And the, the first one is encourage chess in schools and the community. Yeah, so uh, I have already mentioned uh, uh, scholastic tournaments. And uh, when we uh, run our tournaments, our students, they volunteer at the events. Um, So because, as you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, you need to collect results. You need to, I mean, all the preparation work. uh, You need TDs. And uh, so our students do all this work. Um, The second Thing that uh, they do, they also go uh, to uh, the local schools and they uh, they uh, support local chess clubs. So, uh, I mean, maybe not every week and, of course, not every school, but we try to send our students to uh, different schools, those schools that uh, 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 send requests to us and, uh, and help them to, uh, to run their chess clubs. And... Uh, for instance, in average, we, we, we go to 
roughly 10, 10 schools each semester, our students and then our staff, and we'll help them to, to develop their chess club. The next listed goal is promote diversity on the Texas Tech campus. Yeah, well, look, I mean, out of 20 students we have uh, in, in our program, we have, uh, uh, in average, probably students from like 10 different countries. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit like the United Nations, you know. Uh, so, yeah, our team is very diverse and, uh, and uh, yeah, this is part of, uh, of kind of university life. So the, the next goal, uh, you actually just answered with the diversity question, and it's provide opportunities for qualified applicants from around the world. Uh, so let me let me rephrase that. Uh, my question to you a little bit is, do you, is there any feeling that you guys, it, it's better for the team if you have a global perspective as opposed to getting as many American students on the team as possible? No, but we, we, we do both. We really, I, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, and, and this is maybe in a way how we differ from some other programs, but not, not necessarily. Uh, our goal, yes, to have, uh, to, to kind of get as many people as we can, those that uh, are interested in chess. And look, out of 20 students, we have roughly 10 then domestic students and ten international, and uh, they come from all different countries. Um, and not all international players are grandmasters. In fact, uh, many of them are not. Like uh, this semester, we have uh, recruited a player from from Botswana. I mean, a female player, and uh, hopefully she will be able to come uh, to uh, Lubbock soon. And uh, and uh, not all of these uh, players obviously get like a full right at Texas Tech or something. I mean, they, they get more the scholarships, but they, they choose Texas Tech because of the chess program, because they can uh, uh, study, they can get a, a great education. And at the same time, they, they, they can also play chess and, uh, and, and train with, uh, with the best players. And the, the next goal uh, we, we've kind of talked about as well with your Pan Am and Final Four experience, but it's represent Texas Tech in national and interna- international competitions. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah. So, obviously, uh, these big tournaments like uh, the Pan American, uh, the Final Four, uh, there is another tournament that we just introduced last year, the U.S. Blitz and Rapid. There are some tournaments in Texas that we play. Uh, international tournaments, well, we, we had a few uh, trips, uh, international trips, and I think potentially, uh, I really hope that FIDE will start uh, something like uh, uh, college chess Olympiads or, you know, chess, uh, college chess world championships. Um, yeah, and uh, again, talking about international tournaments, for instance, we went to Cuba a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was... Uh, that uh, that uh, very short period of time when you know uh, uh, Americans were allowed to travel to Cuba, and it was a wonderful uh, event. Not only we, uh, you know, our students played in the in the, um, the Capablanca Memorial, but we also had a chance to meet with with other local students, and you know, it was like a very nice educational uh, trip. And that kind of segues into the final listed goal, which is promote and encourage academic and personal growth as well as community involvement. Yes, and uh, this is exactly what we do. I mean, like uh, uh, our students overall are excellent students. 
So we, we, we try to recruit like very best students. And uh, this is one of the requirements that our program has to have a GPA or a minimum GPA of 3.0. So it's uh, average B or higher. Shifting again to, to you as a player, uh, you, you still maintain a, a rating in the 2600s. Uh, what, are your, what are your personal goals as a player, um, given how much time your full-time job takes from you? Yeah, I, I, I managed somehow to, uh, to play a little bit. Uh, and the reason why I was uh, relatively successful, even after I took this job, right, uh, was that uh, I was training a lot. And uh, training with very good uh, players, you know, playing blitz, uh, analyzing, uh, like, as, as we mentioned, uh, you know, staying fit, right? Uh, uh, so, so all these components, uh, they, 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 they are very important uh, to be a successful player. Um, my plans for the future, yeah, I'd like to, to play a tournament here or there, but uh, I, I think I'm pretty much retired from, from professional chess. But of course, I, I'd like to play some rapid tournaments, maybe some uh, you know open tournaments in the U.S. So it's, it's, uh, it's still something that I would like to do, for sure. And I mentioned how you have a reputation for fitness in the chess world, but you also have a, a, a perhaps a more important reputation, and that's being one of the very great sportsmen in, in the game. Do you, is that something that just developed naturally for you, or did you have a, a trainer that helped instill that quality? And are you, are you trying to uh, transfer that to your chess team at TTU? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, transfer this uh, to my players, sure. I mean, uh, well, thank you for saying that. I, I guess, yeah, it's, it's flattering. Uh, but yeah, no, look, uh, of course, uh, we don't want to kind of be involved in any scandals. We, we want to, um, you know, play with dignity. And uh, all these qualities are very important, obviously. And uh, like um, these days, we, we discuss... Uh, you know, online tournaments a lot and, uh, you know, cheating issue and so on. And, of course, you know, I, I uh, always talk to my players about this and uh, um, how important, you know, to, to kind of follow the rules and so on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's part of my job, of course. Okay. And, and to that point, uh, in that 2006 issue of Chess Life that I mentioned after U.S. Championship, in, in an interview with Jennifer Shahadi, you, you said that you wanted to do everything you could to improve the situation for U.S. chess. Um, you know, it, it seems like you've really followed through on that. As, do you, are you feeling satisfied about what you've accomplished to date? I think it's rather a coincidence, right? <laughs> that uh, uh, my interview came out in 2006 and already like what, around 2009, uh, Rex Zinfeld uh, came to the U.S. chess and of course it gave like a huge boost. To, uh, to professional chess in the U.S. And, yeah, things have uh, really improved since then. And, uh, you know, I, I feel really happy about that. And our national team uh, is, is, is extremely strong uh, right now. And uh, we have lots of uh, young talents in the U.S. And the scholastic chess overall is, uh, is growing. So, so I, I, I see lots of uh, positive things in the U.S. chess, and of course collegiate chess, and then this is what uh, I do, mostly do these days, right? And uh, sure, uh, 
uh, our programs, uh, like like Texas Tech, you, you, uh, I mean, like this uh, college chess programs, we are kind of a driving force in, in college chess. And of course, you know, we we uh, we uh, meet every week, even now, like uh, talking about how we can improve things, uh, how we can change things, because I mean, changes are needed right now, right? And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I, I'm trying to, to be useful, you know, for not, not just for my uh, college, for my team, Texas Tech, but also, you know, kind of try to um, help chess overall. And I'm, I'm also working on a committee in FIDE. Uh, 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 it's a chess and education committee. So, so you know, trying to be kind of uh, help help uh, the world chess as well. Do you have any particular dreams for where college chess uh, overall can go, not just with TTU, but across the U.S.? Well, of course. I, uh, look, my, my only dream is that we will be steadily kind of growing. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't have a number in my mind, you know, like, okay, having like 100 plus teams. I mean, it's all doable. It's just we need to grow a little by little. And, uh, you know, maybe 20 years from now, we can have more than 100 teams playing in, 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 uh, in the Pan American. So I, I think we are like uh, on, uh, we are doing fine at this point, uh, but we, we still can do much better. So, you know, this has been a lot of fun and a very wide-ranging discussion. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners? Uh, is there anything further you want to talk to them about the TTU chess program? No, not really. Uh, I mean, I, I just would like to mention that, uh, you know, uh, maybe talk a little bit about college chess uh, as for right now, right? Uh, like uh, about our plans in, in, in college chess. Uh, just as I mentioned, we... You know, coaches of other uh, chess teams, we are getting together and we talk about uh, uh, tournaments this semester. So we have we have lots of plans for for this semester. We'd like to play our tournaments online, and uh, you know, we are working on, on the format of the tournaments, on, on the regulations, and all, all these things. And uh, I think our first kind of big tournament, Rapid and Blitz. And it will be something like the U.S. Championship, uh, Collegiate Championship. Uh, we'll hopefully we will be able to uh, organize it in September. Then uh, we will have another tournament in Texas. Uh, it's, uh, we call the Super Finals, the traditional tournament. We will also host it online, and then uh, we'll see how things will develop with the Pan American because uh, right uh, right now. It's planned, uh, um, scheduled in, in in Canada, but I, I think I think it should be canceled. And and if it will be canceled, then uh, then we will need to work on uh, organizing the Pan American Championship online as well. So so we have lots of plans, and uh, hopefully we will fulfill them and uh, kind of uh, stay strong at these challenging times. Yeah, and, and listeners, you know, for details on any of the events that Alex was mentioning, look at uschess.org. Uh, specifically on the CLO section, we will certainly be promoting any uh, any of these events there. So, Grandmaster Alex Onoshuk, thank you so much for appearing on this July edition of One Move at a Time. It's been a fascinating discussion. Congratulations to the Texas Tech University chess team on as repeating as Chess College of the Year. And continued good luck. Thank you, Dan. It was great to be with you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on this edition of One Move at a Time, which always drops on the second Tuesday of each month. Our theme music was composed by National Master Alex King of Memphis, Tennessee. Our podcasts are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films Photography and Media. Please visit www.sevenseasonfilms.com to find out how to start your own podcast. Our sister podcasts at U.S. Chess are Cover Stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month, Ladies' Night, hosted by Women's Program Director Jennifer Shahadi on the third Tuesday of each month, and on the fourth Tuesday, Chess Underground, hosted by our Assistant National Events Director, Pete Karianis. I hope that you've learned something of value that you can now use to help build chess in your own community. We'll be back next month with another Chess World personality who is helping us advance our mission statement to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess.